podcast i of course am your boy Dre. this podcast hosted by the cdb multimedia network where you can catch the sucio boys podcast sucio sports aim high shogun soccer sit down a different angle four corners of commentary and of course cdb podcast uh once again i am Dre. this time i'm joined by none other than blake blake Tell the people a little bit how uh, who you are and what brought you here. Big Sean, I'm going to need you to settle down just a little bit. <laughs> what up? Um, my name is Blake. Uh, I went to the high school that Dre used to, or is coaching at, um, and I'm just a lacrosse player. I'm committed to Adam State. I'm going in the spring. And, yeah, we're just here to talk about some lacrosse. Oh, let's go. Yo, so, Blake, how long have you been playing lacrosse for? Ooh, since, like, fifth grade. Like fifth grade, I've been playing. Let's go. Uh, have you always been midfield? Mm, yeah, basically. I've always been more of an offensive mini, but uh, until high school, I realized I'm really good at deep mid, so I just became two-way midi in high school. See, I uh, that's how I got into lacrosse. Like, I started out being midfield. I was a defensive midi because I couldn't, I couldn't uh, pass and catch to save my life, so mm. uh, I really couldn't, but I knew I was fast. And I yeah. can box people out. So yeah. I was a ground ball king for a little bit. But uh, then um, the next year, I was like, ooh, wait. Our, we just graduated a goalie. If I play – if I switch to goalie, I'm going to be with the varsity guys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Switch to goalie. Uh, it was both the best and the worst decision ever because I got <laughs> peppered with shots all the time. Yeah, that's the worst. It's, can, yeah, you can know, imagine. It's, it's not a bad life. It's not a bad life at all. <laughs> um, so do you uh, do you keep up with any of the uh, NCAA um, happenings into any of the NCAA uh, teams besides um, the one you're going to? Obviously, I mean i I look into it. I'm not really like into like the sports, like. Uh, politician wise like i just I'm, I'm just here to play some lacrosse you know what i mean i like said leave the politics alone yeah man like i i look at the highlights on instagram and um that's basically it i'm not i'm not too deep into it okay uh let's see currently the for i don't know when this came out but this is what usa lacrosse magazines got as the the men's um top 10 for d1 uh, Notre Dame's obviously number one. Duke's mm. number two. UVA's three. Penn State's four. Hopkins is five. Georgetown's six. Michigan is seven. Army's eight. Maryland's nine. And then Cornell was ten. But that's about what everybody finished at um, mm. with the with Notre Dame taking the championship. Obviously, yeah. I uh, out of out of all of those guys, those teams. I would looking at it and based off of who graduated and got drafted into either the NLL or the, or the uh, PLL Notre Dame, Duke, UVA and Penn state 
and even Hopkins really aren't losing a lot of talent. So they can they can uh they could definitely be back in that like upper echelon. Um Syracuse is loading up with some dudes. They got a couple of uh freshmen that are that are that are gonna come in and then Maryland okay. just has this immaculate goalie of, yeah, of insane. freshmen. Insane. When, when, is, when is a freshman goalie that <laughs> no that's what I'm saying. I looked at the highlight reels and everything. I was like, whoa. Well, and then UVA just got the best player in the country coming in as a freshman, uh, McCabe Millen. So yep. um, I will be su- su- like very surprised if he doesn't make an impact for them immediately, especially being on the same team as uh, Connor Schellenberger and mm-hmm. um, and uh, Peyton Cormier. Like, I'll be yeah. very shocked. Let's- I have I have very high hopes with UVA because I feel like because um. Brendan Millen also committed to UVA, and I feel like they're gonna pull some Kavanaugh stuff when <laughs> when Brendan shows up. I have a feeling. So who's? I'm a I'm a big UVA lacrosse guy. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, the only people I ever root to fail is Duke. No, you don't like Duke. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's me. That's just me. Uh, but like Penn State, Yale, and Georgetown, and even Michigan, always shocking people. Um, and then, uh, you know, much like kind of how Utah's football program is on the rise, I'll be surprised if their lacrosse program doesn't follow suit because they they fit they're in the they're in the, they're ranked 20, which is where they kind of finished among a lot of the teams last year. But mm-hmm. like Utah's program is like fairly new, and you know, if if they didn't have the unfortunate luck of having to play. Notre Dame in that opening round, I think they could have at least won one playoff game. Like, um, it's 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 uh the Utahs and uh Delaware. Delaware has, we just got to talk real quick about how disrespectful it has been for the past two years for Delaware to be a pigtail team in the tournament bracket. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I I don't even know what to speak on that about because. That's just crazy to me. They like, like, I think they won the first round matchup by at least like eight plus goals, or whatever. Like they, they were a pigtail team, but like when you watch, when you're like, if you go back and watch that game, they they shouldn't have been. I'm like, I'm like, did y'all put them here to give them an easy win or like what? That's and fair. The the tournament was a bit the the brackets last year were a bit messy because teams that won their conference weren't seated where they should have been in like my opinion because i'm like you can't you can't lose your you can't lose your conference and then get seated higher than somebody that won their conference that's true i mean i'm on the same boat as you are on that one speaking bracket wise let me find let me find the the um the the bracket um men's d1 Lacrosse. Let me see. Let me see what they had. Everything because I know I I vaguely remember who won their their um, conference and who should have been AQ. Yeah, Delaware beat Maris uh, beat Maris twenty five to ten in that opening round. <laughs> really, twenty five to ten? I thought it was a little, no, little lower than that. Twenty five to ten because like one of their best defensive players, he got drafted pretty high up to the um, the Atlas, I believe. I believe. Uh, I want to say it's Gavin Adler, but I don't want to be incorrect. Um, but like that, so let's see. Yeah, Delaware won their opening matchup, and 
you know, with a little bit more experienced players, because again, they had to go up against a team with Brendan O'Neill on it. If Brendan O'Neill wasn't on Duke, um, Delaware was about to catch him. Delaware only mm-hmm. lost to Duke by one. They lost twelve to one in the second, twelve to eleven. Sorry, twelve to eleven in the second round. They they came out and they were about to catch Duke. I, I if it wasn't for a like a last second, like kind of uh, like la- like it was a goal in the, the last two minutes by Brendan O'Neill. If it wasn't for that, Delaware would have sent it to OT. But I'm telling you, Brendan O'Neill is that guy, though. And I feel like Duke, I feel like Duke, if he started off at Duke, sure. But I feel like there was a better, like, college for him to go to. I feel like Duke wasn't, like, the best fit for him. Even though, yes, his career was amazing there. I feel like there was a better school for him that was just a better fit. Can you imagine if he went to, like, Maryland or Penn State? See, if he went to, like, Maryland, like, with, like, Logan Wisnowskis or, like, Penn State would be nuts, too. Well, like, the – you know, it was crazy. The biggest shock for that – for last year's tournament was Army catching Maryland slipping. That Yeah, that that was mind-boggling. That's that's because they have this beast – this beast – Sophomore, he's either a sophomore or junior goalie. Yeah, his... at, and he's he's just nasty with it. He he stuffed the Maryland shooters like they couldn't score on him for like at least three minutes. Yeah, what was that injury that he got in one of those games? And he only missed two games, and then like the game he came back on, uh, he like saved was, fourteen goals. It was something or, with or like his shots. ankle or something. Something was like his ankle or knee, and that was he came, well, like at the like even with like against Maryland, like now Maryland had some really good shooters. They were shooting prolifically, and he just he was just saving them like shot after shot. I I uh Plunkett, that's his name, Evan Plunkett. Yeah, that's 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 not, no, that's that's uh the big star on West Point. That's that's uh, one of their middies. Evan Plunkett, but the goalie's name is Knox Dent. First off, that's a badass Dent. name. Knox, name Dent. Knox Dent. <laughs> but um, for um Maryland, yeah, like um, Jack Brennan and um, yeah, and Bra- uh, Braden er- uh, Erksa. He's a uh, freshman, I believe, but he's a beast. He's he's uh he's an attack man, Braden Erksa. Um, him he just couldn't get it done, and then uh, Brett Makar. He just couldn't stop anyone on defense. Unfortunately. Oh, you know, and the that that was the crazy part was like at the towards the end of the game, like it it became a matter of like Maryland couldn't hit their shots. And you know, when you have when you have your your team's version of like Steph Curry, which is Braden Erksa on that team, when he's gotta carry the game. It's it's so much easier when you have to worry about stopping one guy than stopping six. It's it's so much easier, and so mm-hmm. that's basically what West Point did. They were like, okay, they're going to have this guy shoulder the load. Let's just stop him, and everything else makes sense. Uh, let's see the the Princeton Penn State game was good. Uh, Penn State won a won a won a nail biter thirteen to twelve that one, and then they would beat. Yeah. West Point ten to nine. So Penn State, Penn State got robbed in that tournament. I'm not gonna. You I'm think not so? Gonna, you oh, think his, so? His foot was on the line. You think so? <laughs> the only his foot wasn't on the line. His foot was on the line. Wasn't called. Yeah, 
See, that's but you know what's crazy? The the I don't want to say outrage, but like the fallout and the backlash of um calls not being able to be reviewed in 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 the postseason was so great that now that's a rule now. You can like they're making it to where now plays like yeah. that can be reviewed. But how do you feel about that though? I uh, well, you know, the game's supposed to evolve and we'll see time will tell if this is for the better or the worse. Mm-hmm. Because like for now, like like how it was like in the NFL, like rules would rules would shift and evolve. And um yeah. you know, now you can't touch a quarterback, which you sucks. can't do anything. You can't touch the quarterback. <laughs> but um so that one does kind of suck. But you know, you also have it where now with games like this, because I mean, I mean, it's one of those things where like, yes, um, you didn't, they, they weren't obligated to review any calls. They didn't, there wasn't anything in place that said they had to, but also it, it sucks because for Penn state it's what's on the line. And you know, there's, there's so many unknowables with it. Like you have no idea, like they could easily call the, the, like the um either in the crease and stuff and yeah, that it's yeah. and that it's Penn State's ball and Penn State could go down and score. Or they could go down and not score and it's overtime and maybe Duke wins in overtime. You don't know. But it's just the I think the it's the fact that most people feel like they got shafted. Like Penn State got shafted. Okay, in a sense he did get shafted, but like now because of what happened on that that foot on that crease now that just changed the whole next season for reviews to be made, and I'm but telling you, we're going to see it postseason. It's only in postseason games. I think I honestly don't know. I don't know, but I'm telling you, once in the postseason, this next upcoming season, we're going to see that that review, those reviews, come up over and over and over again, and we're just going to have to deal with it at this point. It might, I, I feel I I gotta see the I gotta look up the rule change. Uh, let's see, because I think there's um, it's it's like um, there there's like a certain rule that they I think it's like with a certain time frame. So yeah, I think it's like expanded, under two minutes. So here's what it said: expanded video reviews approved in men's lacrosse um, under the like. So it's basically. Um, the video, the video review process is going to include coaches' challenges for the 2023-2024 academic year for all NCAA competitions, not just during NCAA championships. But under the new rule, a coach can use a challenge until the last four minutes of mm. regulation. Referee discretion can be used at any time during the game. The following plays are added to the list of reviewable plays to determine if a loose ball crosses the goal line to determine if the ball was in the goal before the dislodgement of the goal cage, determine if an offensive player was in or landed in the crease before the ball entered the goal, to determine if an offensive player landed in the goal mouth as a result of illegal contact by the defense before the ball entered the goal, and then Mm. to determine if a goal was scored as a result of the head of the shooter's cross coming off during the the shot or follow-through. Um, and then, um, these plays join the current list of reviewable scenarios, which is 
Correct the game or shot clock. Determine if the release of a shot at the end of a period came before the time clock. Determine if the end of the period was deflected off the shot at the end was deflected off a defensive or offensive player before it entered the goal. And then determine if a shot hit the camera mounted side gold cage. Mm. Um, and then it goes on to say also under the new rule, a team will be permitted two team timeouts and one coach's challenge each half while maintaining one timeout during any overtime period. And it goes on to say, if a coach's challenge is unsuccessful, that team will be charged a timeout and lose its challenge for that half. And then if a challenge is successful, the team will retain the timeout and coach's challenge. And then if a team has no timeouts remaining in a half, a coach cannot challenge a call. And then a, uh, a challenge can be requested only for reviewable items. Challenges will not carry over. And then finally, it says all reviews in the last four minutes of regulation or any overtime period will be initiated at referee discretion and that a coach will have 30 seconds to challenge a non-goal play. If there is not an intermittent scoring opportunity, the officials will stop play as soon as possible to conduct a review. Um, and then it, uh, something about... Um, if the challenging team or the opposing team scores a goal during that time, the goal will not be counted if it is determined that the reviewable non-goal play was a goal. Also, you know, it's it's not too bad. Yeah, it's definitely not too bad as much as I expected. I, I just did not know if you were wrong when you challenged it. You <laughs> caused a timeout. Like, that's well, that's nuts. that's the same thing within the NFL. If you challenge, if you challenge a play, well, no, I and know. You, yeah, that's. I, and oh wait, hold on. This is also this is also new. Um, additionally, contact to the head or neck area may be reviewed only if the on-field official makes an original call that mm. potential contact to the head or neck has been occurred. Officials will notify coaches before starting the review, and they would have three penalty options to consider under this review. Indirect contact to the head or neck area, direct contact to the head or neck area, excessive or flagrant contact to the head or neck area with possible expulsion. Mm. And then officials will be permitted to review a possible infraction that was not observed during play. However, only contact to the head and or neck area may be considered. And then if the officials determine that another infraction occurred, they may not assess that penalty by video review. However, if the officials determine that the contacts of the head and neck area did occur, they could enforce those penalties under this rule. Dang. So, player safety, but now there's a lot more reviews in place, which is crazy because it's now it's now become a cause and effect thing where it's like because of mm-hmm. because like they were like it went from hey, we need penalty review happening in postseason to the NCAA. I, will, I don't want to say overcorrecting because some of these reviews already existed. Yeah. But now with them reviewing, with them adding reviews, they're like, okay, we'll add reviews, but we're going to add it through the whole season. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they're going to see how that goes. If it doesn't have any bearing on the length or the – runtime of games they'll keep it that way but if it gets to impacting the games and the runtime and stuff it'll end up becoming just playoffs just championships and stuff real quick yeah i have a sense it's just gonna 
In my in my personal opinion, I think it should just be in the postseason. In my, I think so too. In my personal opinion, yeah, I don't want to see it during the regular season because unless <laughs> unless it becomes a game where like there's playoff implications, I don't think you're doing a review. <laughs> like, well, you know, but then people will argue that because of because of AP and because of. And, and because of some of the standings, especially when it comes to having tiebreakers, that the reviews matter. Well, but I'm like... I get that part, but <laughs> I still believe it should be in the postseason, regardless. Yeah, it don't need to be. It don't, I don't need to... I don't need you reviewing every every last play. But that's, that's what's going to end up happening. That's what's going to... It's going to end up... The reviews are going to start turning into the NBA games oh. nowadays. Nowadays, everything's a foul. Now, we're going to get reviews every three minutes because some of these coaches end up being soft. Thankfully, it's at – it's like – thankfully, like, these coaches have to challenge non-goal plays, and they can't do it within the last four minutes, which is usually when games get tough, games get chiffy, chippy, and then, and then also after that, it's at ref discretion and – you know, that is kind of what it is when it's at ref discretion because it's like, mm-hmm. eh, it's like at that point, we, are you one of those refs from the uh, let them play era or are you one of them refs where you're like flag happy? Yeah, no. <laughs> you know, thankfully, a lot of the refs in the NCAA are a little bit more consistent than uh, some of the other refs. I would refs. have to agree. I would have to agree. Man, you, oh, you weren't, you weren't, uh, you weren't there for that game because um, I, I think that was, like, one of the varsity games you got back for. But, yo, did I, t- did I tell you about the most bogus thing that happened during one of the JV games? So, like, um, the uh, – like, we, I forgot who we were playing. We were playing one of the schools. But the other team's coach yelling and chirping at the ref, saying all this stuff. Ref never threw a flag or whatever. And then um, – I think it was like it was like uh, either Jason or Reggie, but like one of them had the ball and they got pushed in the back. And I'm over there on the sideline with uh, with Coach Matson, and I'm like, and I'm like, I'm like, hey, that's a push. And the ref had thrown his flag. He mm. comes over and he's like, he's like, flag is good, push in the back, white ball, conduct, white coach. And I'm sitting here and I'm looking at Matson like, what? I'm like. Said anything the whole game, but like the one thing I say, like one time I open my mouth, I get like penalized for it. You, you even want me going down that road right now? <laughs> Listen, I just all all I'm gonna say is about Colorado refs. Majority of them don't even know what they're calling, and um, and like to the people listening or whatever, we're playing in the in like shop is playing in an indoor league right now. And the indoor league, they don't like the refs. Like, they have no fun. You, if you have no mouth guard, and at, at like the very beginning of the game, you're not playing the rest of the game. Like, they don't care, and that's what you have to deal with in the indoor league. <laughs> Come mean, season, they're 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 a little bit better, but and the, the I, I guess like the one thing for so I've been I've been coaching for this is year like year eleven going into year eleven and like. The, the biggest, like, you know, people always ask me, like, what's one of the hardest things about, like, coaching, like, high school sports? Because I've coached wrestling, I've coached uh, lacrosse, and I've coached football. And I'm like, well, you know, the hardest thing, at least for me, is 
recognizing that sometimes, you know, just because, you know, because like that sometimes, like sometimes the hardest thing to deal with is like the, not, I don't ever get like blatant racism, but I do get like overt, indirect kind of like mm. prejudicial things. Like mm. example, that game, because like, again, I hadn't said anything that whole game. I wasn't acting crazy. I wasn't on the field. I literally merely just said, hey, that's a push. And it wasn't like like there was anyone that hadn't seen my interaction with the ref. Like it was there and it just happened. And I was like, and like I've never in as fired up as I get on the sideline, I've never gotten a conduct penalty mm-hmm. until like that one game. And so I was like, huh. That's I was like, so this guy is yelling and shouting at you the whole game, but I merely say that's a push and I'm catching I'm catching the the, the conduct flag. That's crazy. Yeah, I hear and, and but like I've dealt with that at like other like like it's been worse at other at other places. I've definitely had it like worse at some schools I've coached at. Like when I when I coached at Palmer, it was way worse. Oh yeah, that's Palmer. <laughs> it was, that's Palmer. Well I got it from the refs worse than like anything, but that that was real that was real big time annoying. That was a whole that was a whole debacle, but mm-hmm. you know, I've had, I've, I've had really good schools. Like, you know, Chapman Pine Creek were really great experiences for me. They were absolutely they were really great, but uh, youth lacrosse is still the funnest thing to coach. That's the, Oh, that's the absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And going off of like what you're saying, like the, like the hardest part about being a coach is like, I mean, I would even say I'm a coach. Like I'm basically just a volunteer or whatever uh, until I go to college. But, um, like being the person that's running the box and everything on like during the fall game, the indoor game, the hardest part is keeping your mouth shut. Cause when I'm on the field, I'm, I'm a talker when someone else is like chirping at me. So like once you start chirping at me or if you start chirping at one of my boys and I'm on the field, I'm going to chirp back at you. So, and that's like the hardest thing because when someone's chirping at your boys on your team, you have love and care for your teammates. You know what I mean? So you're yeah. going to like, you're going to have them back and start tripping back. But as a coach, you have to sit back and just let them do their thing. That's the hardest thing. I don't know how coaches do it. I have so much respect. Dude, it is the hardest thing because like, you know, we're, we're around y'all so much. So like, I, I love and care about all y'all. And so mm-hmm. like, y'all are all like my like little brothers. And like, I'm the kind of person where like, when somebody like fouls one of y'all hard, or mm-hmm. I get a little offended because I'm like, Hey dog, like, what like what, what you doing to bro? Like what's up? <laughs> but also exactly. like you know, it's one of those things where like it's it's so and you've gotten to feel this now being on the opposite the other side of the of the of the role is because like now it's a different level of responsibility because mm-hmm. now you can't chirp, now you can't get as fired up because not only is that gonna come back to bite you with like the refs, but also the biggest thing you'll find out as a coach is your players match your energy. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you are upset and you're like fired up and you're not like keeping your head calm and collected, you're going to get more penalties. They're going to be acting crazy. They're going to be acting ridiculous. But it's one of those things where like you got to kind of recognize like, hey, even if this other team is playing like really chippy, really loose, like, you know, there's some teams that we play that we play against in this indoor league or in the off season that I just – hate playing against because i know it's going to get chippy mm-hmm. but you've also got to like kind of teach your players then hey don't retaliate the guy that retaliates always gets caught 
You mm-hmm. retaliate, then it's a whole big thing. The game gets messy. The whole game gets murky and stupid. But also, it's up to the refs to kind of control that like temperament. So it's there's so much nuances to coaching. Like like I tell people all the time, there's levels. There's levels to this shit because mm-hmm. like it, on the surface, it looks like, hey, I'm gonna coach this team. We're gonna play this team. We'll either win or we'll either lose. But no, you got to have somebody running the box. You got to make sure you have the right personnel out there. You got to sub rate. Mm-hmm. You got to call your. You got to call your timeouts at the right time. Like, oh yeah, that's what I'm saying too. <laughs> like with with our with our seniors now, um, we just have like one of our starter talking like just like shattered his like collarbone or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's everyone's. That I've seen from like the last game I was at, everyone's like head is like all over the place because they don't know who's gonna fill in that attackman spot when season comes. Sure, one of our that that attackman may come back or whatever, but he's still gonna be a little rusty. And then coaches are already gonna be looking at different options. And that's one thing that was always scary, like being on like a very competitive team as it is. Is like when I was in high school, and like when I would get injured with my ankle or something, I was always scared that, like the coaches now would always like try finding a replacement. So you have to you have to keep your head up and like you just always got to be aware of what's smart and what's not smart and what can get you injured and what's going to keep you on the field. Uh, Blake, Blake, uh, yo, so for those of y'all listening, last year Blake shows up with a boot to practice, and I'm like, oh my god. I, I I instantly feared the worst. I'm like, he's gonna say, he's gonna say his ankle is done. He's done for the year. Oh no, this is not gonna be good. Then he's like, oh, I'm only out for a few weeks. We're like, oh, oh, this is cool. Second game back, Blake hurts his ankle again, and they're like, another yeah. boot. No. And yeah. So then so- Blake missed like, then you missed like what, two, three games, right? And then. And well, here, like, let me pull up the season. I'll tell you exactly what, what games I missed. <laughs> but basically, I really messed up my ankle. Like, the, I want to say, like, the our second game in Colorado, because we had a, our home seasoner was in Colorado, or home opener was in Colorado. And then we went to Orlando. We played two games in Orlando. I played those two games. And then I, I want to say the, the game that we came back to here – um, I feel like it was the Regis game or the or the Chapter well, game. Ma- it was one of those two because there was one game we had where everything went wrong. <laughs> well, so the the Regis game, I messed it up, but that wasn't that wasn't the one where um I messed it up right away. So Pine he's leaving Creek out the part that he wouldn't tape it up or wear a boot when he <laughs> should be wearing a boot. He's okay. leaving that out. <laughs> okay, so basically what happened was I injured my ankle. They told me to set out for like two weeks. I told them, "F no." I came back in like a like a week. Well, I was practicing, and then I set out that game because head coach didn't want me to play. And then started practicing again. Then that game, I came back. We played Regis. I messed up my ankle up again. They put me in a boot for the second time in crutches. I didn't use any of those for like a, literally a week, and I was. I, it's it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. <laughs> so irresponsible. Basically, but I let's see. It, it was just like I was like, you know what? <laughs> if you're gonna if you're gonna commit to be to doing it, do it. Like whatever. Yeah. So <laughs> I didn't play. I didn't play 
Rock Canyon. I didn't play Douglas County. And then I played Regis. And then I didn't play Valor. Um, I played Thunder Ridge. I played Castle View. I played Legend. Oh, no, I didn't play Legend, and I didn't play Highlands Ranch. Oh, we didn't need you to play Highlands Ranch. And I don't even think I played Mount Vista either. So I think I missed, like, five, like, six games out of the 16 we had. Now, hindsight being 2020, had he just wore the freaking boot, <laughs> he only missed four. Okay. No. The thing is, though, it's, like, it's so hard. Like, all my athletes out there, like, no matter what sport it is, once you get injured and you get told that you have to sit out for such a, a decent amount of time, because season is like, sure, season's like two, three months, but it goes by in a blink of an eye. So when you love a sport and you get injured, you get told that you have to sit out for two or three weeks, you, you'll do anything to get back on that field or whatever it is in a heartbeat. So I was like, you know what? Screw it. Don't let him cap for you folks. He said, coach, girls don't like boots. Boots don't pull girls. That's what exactly I low key what he did said. say that. I did say that, but <laughs> I know he was joking, but he said that and I turned and laughed. Cause he was yo, cause like when he wasn't practicing, he would show up to practice in the boot, the hoodie, and sweatpants. Obviously mad at the world, but he had this beanie and he looked like he had just robbed a 7 Eleven. And I, I was here for it. <laughs> Listen, when when you're <laughs> injured but you still world. have to show up to practices, you you have to show up bummy. You got to be comfy. <laughs> you you know what I mean? Especially when lacrosse is a spring sport and it's cold as heck outside. like And it's raining or it snows in the middle of practice. Well, during practices like last year, I don't – I think it like sprinkled a couple of times, but like I don't recall heavy rain. Just the, the field that we were – like the field that we have is completely terrible. Like I don't know why we're not practicing on the turf, but – the grass field is actually just terrible as it is. Like it's not, it's no one's fault. It's just, it's just terrible. Like there's dirt patches. It's yeah. That grass field needs to be uh, gone away with. Uh, yeah. Big time. <laughs> grass is grass is ass for real. <laughs> Basically. But, um, let's see. So if you had to make like a way too early prediction for the NCAA, like lacrosse, like final mm. four, who, who, what teams are, are are playing in the in final, the final four? Oh, <laughs> I don't know. Okay, well, obviously, I got a little, got to be a little biased here, but I'm going UVA because I feel like McCabe is gonna actually do amazing with Colin. Um, let me think who else. I honestly don't think Maryland is gonna go back to the final four. I think they might be like fifth or whatever, but I don't think they're going to final four. Um. Uh, let me see. I mean, give me, give me Penn. Like Penn or Penn State? Penn State. Okay. Um, give me. I don't think Duke is gonna make Final Four. Maybe Man. Syracuse. Yo, Maybe Man's, Syracuse. Mans did not say he had Duke. I don't think so. I genuinely don't think so. They, I, listen, man. I, I'm not going to knock you. I'm not going to knock you. You let look. It is your choice. I, I, me personally, I am just not. I, I can't. I can't bet against 
the the uh, the number one college lacrosse Notre player Dame? in the country. No, like no, I'm saying oh, I can't bet against. I I got Notre Dame making it. I'm more. They, they, they didn't lose. They didn't lose too many. They lost a few, but not too many. Not enough to make a, a good showing. Um, I've got Notre Dame. I got UVA. Um, and then um, in a surprise in a surprise run because of if if that team comes back like they did like they did um, like they were last year and they come and show out. I I've honestly got Army making their first Final Four. Ooh, so I said, yeah, Notre Dame. UVA, uh, Army, and man, I would have to be crazy to not think Duke can make another run. Um, they might, they they might get caught slipping a little bit in route to there, but I I think that's a good four. I think my surprise my surprise pick is Army. It may change as the season gets going, but um, I don't think Maryland's gonna make gonna have deep playoff runs for a little bit. I don't think so. Yeah, they've just lost too much talent. Um, but I, I think like, I liked what I saw from army. They, they, they scrappy. They were, they were scrapping through that whole tournament. No, army and and Penn state army army is a hell of a team. I just don't think they're final four qualified. Where like, it's the crazy part is like, it's the way that their school is set up. It's the way that army air force and Navy because of their, their like mandatory, like one year of service, or like year of service, like is set up because of the way that goes. A lot of times they don't get, and because like to go to those schools, you have to get like you have to get like congressional approval and go through stuff like that. Because of that, they're not they're like not able to get as much talent as you would think. Mm. But with what they have, because like Army, I think that was last year when they won when they beat Maryland. I think that was their first playoff win in in program history, and so. You know, a hallmark to a good program is being able to build off of the prior year's success. Whether you have the same coaching staff or new players or not, a good coach makes do with what they got. And that's kind of like with with Dion. what a lot of people don't understand is that, yes, they went 4-8 and eight this season, but they were 1-11 for the last few years prior. The last mm-hmm. time they won more than one game was like 2002. So, right. To, for like, so four and eight isn't, you know, what everybody was expecting probably, but that's an improvement. And like, if you look at, if you look at Delaware, they improved enough to beat Marist and to have Duke on the brink. Like, Delaware came out like they had nothing to lose. And in, in the world of sports, there is nothing more dangerous than people than teams that have nothing to lose. That's why they have. That's why you have trap games all the time. Because when you got a team that's got nothing to lose, and a team that's used to being prolific, catches them all the time. Like mm. Loyola's quietly building a squad. They'll. It's going to take them a little bit before they get so. there. I think. They ha- I think they have a while until they get there. It's going to take them a little bit, but like the, you also got to think about that area. So in. So you well, got yeah. Lo- you got Loyola, you got Georgetown, you got you got Maryland, and then you got you got John Hopkins. You got those those four schools that are just going to be pulling players from that kind of same area. Because I mean, I, I I grew up playing in the DMV, so mm-hmm. I know that that's that place is that spot's loaded with talent. 
it'd be it'd be interesting. I'm I gotta I got uh, they they obviously haven't done a um, college inside lacrosse doesn't have any uh, recruit watches right now. No one to no one that they're watching. Let's see. Um, real quick, I can tell. Like, uh, I'll go through that first round of the. Uh, they said this is the way too early PLL mark uh, mock draft. We can definitely talk about it and see if, if see if it's correct. Uh, by the way, the former Chrome. I'm, I'm wearing the Chrome stuff today. The only the only shirts you guys might not see me wearing on this podcast is probably whip snakes because I just don't have that much whip snake stuff. But you know, I like having gear from all the teams because <laughs> you know it's I like to match my outfits. Everybody knows that. But uh. Hey, follow um, my boy on the gram. His fits go crazy. All the time. <laughs> His fits but, go um, crazy. So, like, real quick. So, like, the Outlaws, formerly the Chrome, have the number one pick. Um, and having the number one pick is great because you can either trade it or you can uh, you can select who you select. Uh, so, the way too early mock draft says pick number one, Brennan O'Neill. They yep. say it's a pretty safe bet that he's – Number one, but I still think it could be Schellenberger. Uh, but it's very much the RG three Andrew Luck debate. It's gonna I'm happen. Real, I'm fine with either one. Yeah. And then uh, number two, the uh, they got the Atlas as Connor Schellenberger. So it looks like whoever doesn't pick one's gonna pick the other. Yeah. So what? Uh, I I I would be surprised if it's not Brennan O'Neill. But I, like I said, I'm a big UVA guy, so I'm rooting for Schellenberger. Uh, pick number three, their projected one, I have an absolute problem with because that guy does not need to go to this team. Uh, Pat Kavanaugh, Whip Snakes. Yeah, Pat Kavanaugh. Um, Pat Kavanaugh and the Whip Snakes just makes everything unfair. They've already got Will Manny. They've already got Matt Rambo. You've already got Zeddy. Matt Rambo's <laughs> my dog. He's my got, role model. You got Zeddy Williams already. You got you got uh Garrett Ledman. You like I stop see- it. You I say we I say we take Pat Kavanaugh to the Water Dogs. Well, the number four pick, they got Matt Brandau from Yale going to the Chaos, which I don't mm-hmm. hate. Matt Brandau, he's Matt he's Brando. he's the best player at Yale. And they've already got Ty Kurtz, they've got Josh Byrne, and then they've and then uh if Chase Frazier gets back to where he should be, he's over there. And so that lineup could be nasty. And they got Chris Cloutier. Uh, number five, they got Eric Dobson from Notre Dame. He's the midi. He's one of their best midis. He had a he had a thirty four he had a thirty four goal season this last year. Oh wow! Um, okay. And then I if he goes, he, <laughs> he goes to the Redwoods. Um, and then I don't know how to pronounce this guy. He's a defensive player, Ajax Zapatello. That's a badass name. I'm not gonna lie. Ajax. <laughs> Ajax is a badass. I need to do my research on this guy. He's a he's Ajax? he's a he's a deep hole at at Maryland. He, Maryland. They have him going to the Cannons. Um, I don't know who this guy is, but they got the Water Dogs getting Graham Bundy Jr. from Georgetown. Um, he's a midi. Uh, but they said that like he kind of played second fiddle with Tucker Dordovic. Oh yeah, the Whitsnakes got Tucker Dordovic. If they get Pat Kavanaugh, that's unfair. That no one should allow that. <laughs> That shouldn't be a. That should be illegal. I'm telling you, we listen. You I just we can't support this. I hate the web snakes, in my opinion. But I don't know what it is about them. They're the patriots of the PLA. I, just, that's, we I don't really, like. Them. I really don't like them. Just, I really hate the. Web they're snakes. like the. 
They're like the Dallas Cowboy Patriots of the PLL. We just don't like them. Basically. Uh, But if you guys, if the if the Whipsnakes are looking to hire an analyst or a correspondent, um, <laughs> I will 100% uh, retract no, that statement. No, 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 no. Don't do the fake. Don't no, do the faking. Listen, we're chasing the bag here. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, uh, and then the Archers who are in Utah, mm. which, uh, side note, I do not like Utah sports, but I'm still going to support the Archers, but I don't like Utah sports. Don't like real Salt Lake. Really don't like the Utah Jazz. Uh, those of y'all that know about what I do to the Utah Jazz on the 2K, where I trade away all their good players and their draft picks, yeah, and I make nuts. them sign up, and I make them sign a bunch of 53 overall free agents. Uh, I just don't like nuts. Utah. <laughs> Utah football's hey Utah, Utah football's cool. Utah, Utah college is cool. football's nuts. Utah lacrosse is cool, but real Salt Lake and the Utah Jazz, I do not like you guys. Um, and then they got the Archers drafting uh, Jake Stevens from Syracuse. Oh, okay. Um, and then uh, the only, like, one that really got me in the second round that really – there were two picks in the second round that they have predicted. Uh, they got the Atlas getting Liam Entman from Notre Dame, which if that happens, well, Jack Concannon, your days are numbered. Uh, and then um, – they got Dyson Williams from Duke getting drafted to the chaos. Dyson which, Williams. Whew, that would be Dyson crazy. Williams is a dog. Um, and then uh, they got um, – the the prediction is uh, Peyton Cormier goes to the Archers at pick number 16. And I'm like, hmm. I'm like, Cormier out there with uh, with Grant Amon and, and uh, Connor Fields, that's going to cook. But again, this is again their way too early prediction. So they dropped this in October. But as the season gets closer, as the college lacrosse season gets closer, you know, we'll we'll see what's happening. We'll see what's popping. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd be I'll be I'll be interested. I, I, I I've always loved college lacrosse because it's when it comes to the postseason tournament, it's like March Madness. Anything can happen. You don't know what's about to happen. Oh, glad there's no sports betting in in college lacrosse because you'd lose so much money. It's like those people that bet in March Madness; they lose so much money. Well, so in my opinion, like that's that's what I want to touch on. Is like college sports, like in general, amazing. I love college sports just to watch, whatever. But with lacrosse in general, whether it's high school, college, or PLL, whatever, it's like you can't you can't predict it. Because like the game is so fast that I could I could be like a thousand point favorite, like my team could, but the other team can end up getting like they could be getting more ground balls than we are or whatever. That's why that's why lacrosse is the best sport I've ever watched and played. It's a game of runs, and that's the that's the reason I like it so much is because like you you just don't know what's gonna happen. Like mm-hmm. like um I, I I think there was. I think Notre Dame, like, like I, I forgot who they smoked in that first round. Like, I think they, let's see, let me see, let me see what that bracket was looking like because they, they smoked, they smoked in that first round. It was a uh, no, it was it was um that first round they played. Where is it? Who did they have? Why can't I see it? Oh, they got that bye. That's why they were lucky. Them they were on the other side. Uh, let's see, Notre Dame. 
them catching Virginia slipping was crazy. But no, their first round, their first round game, Notre Dame played Utah, and Utah had been doing good. And you thought it was going to – for the first quarter, it was a competitive game, and then Notre Dame started getting hot. Like, it went from being – it was like 3-1 to one in the first quarter. I literally looked up to like – because I was writing notes for the game because I was going to do it in the early days of this podcast. And mm-hmm. I look up, and it's 7-2. to two, And I'm like, what happened? Yeah. And they just that's, pulled away. That's the sport of lacrosse, man. It just happens. Well, and then they came out and beat Hopkins 12 to 9, but they were looking like they just couldn't get it together for that first little bit. And then uh Hopkins smoked Bryant. Like some whenever whenever mm. some of these teams get smoked in the tournament, I'm like, now how did they get in here? Why did they get I think that, I think that about every single tournament or championship or whatever in every sport. <laughs> every it's sport. Like, now why are they like back when the when the when the NCAA used to do the BCS? the BCS matchups. I used to hate that because like, I remember the one year they picked like Notre Dame had went undefeated in the ACC and they picked Notre Dame to go up against Alabama. And everybody was like, you really think Notre Dame's about to give Alabama a matchup. And by like the fourth quarter, it was like 56 to zero, like Alabama and like Notre Dame was getting cooked. I was like when Manti Teo was, <laughs> Him and his imaginary girlfriend were were at Notre imaginary. Dame. Oh, she was man, she was so fugazi. She was so fugazi. She did not exist. <laughs> she she was not real. Oh man, man, you hate to see it. You hate to see the dude get catfished by a false a false person. But that's crazy to me still. But like yeah. that's that's why the honestly, I'll tell you what I really like for them to do with the NCAA playoffs this year. I would like an expanded playoffs. I want I want mm. more teams. I, I want two more you teams. Want more, you want more teams. I want more lacrosse. Two more games. Two I more don't games. blame you. I don't blame you. <laughs> two more games. Well, also, because, like, there were just so many. Like, for example, now, again, this is on Denver University because they should have won their championship, their conference championship, and they would have gotten an automatic bid. But – Denver University would have done a better job than Bryant, who I got heard. smoked by Hopkins. DU would have done way better than that. DU would have given Delaware a game instead of letting, instead of getting, like, instead of Marist, who got cooked. Like, like, uh, so there's, and they were just, and like it wasn't even, they weren't even the only ones. There were just so many um, teams that I was like, now, now why is this? Uh, yeah. Where is this? Um, another cool thing that happened in October. Um, the Northeast Conference, so NEC, uh, announced the return of men's lacrosse in 2024, 2025. Oh, okay. so, I didn't know about that. So what that means is it's going to recommence with seven programs. The core members are Lemoyne, LIU, Merrimack, Sacred Heart, and Wagner. And now they're going to have Detroit Mercy and VMI, Virginia Military Institute, as as associate members. Detroit Mercy and VMI will immediately be eligible to compete in the 2025 NEC Men's Lacrosse Championship with the opportunity with the opportunity to secure the league's automatic bid to the NCAA championship. So we will get another game, another game, yeah. or another team at least. 
which means instead of one pigtail, there will probably be two. But that's more lacrosse. Hell yeah. That's more AQs, which that's crazy because the NEC, uh, it got approved. It got the, the NEC was sponsored for men's lacrosse from 2011 to 2022, and they took a two year hiatus following uh, the departure from of four programs because of their conference realignment. And so, like, they've got enough teams that want to join the conference. And so, yeah, let's get it. Um, yeah, we can't, I, don't know, I didn't know I don't, that. I don't. I don't know if there's any Mac, Mac conference, Mac conferences. Um, and let's see if there's. Let me. Like, I, I always got to make sure I know what I'm talking about. Um, let's it see. False. Listen, I don't want to be wrong. So, um, lax.com says that there's like. So we have the American East, which is. That's how Bryant got in because Bryant won mm-hmm. that 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 area. But uh, American East is Vermont, Bryant, Binghamton, Albany, UMBC, Merrimack, NJIT, and UMass. Atlant. There's the Atlantic. UMass. Yeah, there's the Atlantic Ten, which is Richmond, St. Joseph's, Massachusetts, High Point, Hobart, Saint, and bon- bon- oh Saint Bonaventure, Bonaventure, whatever. The the Atlantic Coast, the ACC, that one gets tough because it's Notre Dame, it's Duke, it's Virginia, it's Syracuse, it's North Carolina. But also, here's where here's where it gets crazy for this. Mm-hmm. So now, the ACC is bringing back their conference championship because last year, in the last couple of years, Notre Dame, Duke, and Virginia have all been able to get in because they haven't had a conference championship to play in, and it's been able to go off of their record. But now. With a conference championship involved, and the odds are good, we might not see three ACC teams in. There'll probably be probably just two, at most. Because a lot yeah. of these teams, well, a lot of these teams got to get AQs. So they got to get automatic automatic yep. bids, and mm-hmm. then you know there's the remaining slots, like the pigtail slots. So there's now now their conference championships matter now that they got the tournament. Um, and then Atlantic Sun. Is Utah Air Force, Jacksonville, Bellamarine, Mercer, Queens, Robert Morris, Cleveland State, Detroit, Linwood, and Queens. Good lord, that's a lot of teams. Queens. Queens, yep. Hmm. Uh Big Ten is Penn State, Hawkins, Maryland, Michigan, Rutgers, and Ohio State. Ohio State being five and nine this last year was really surprising. They got a better program than that. Um, you think? They they should on paper they ha- they haven't they haven't been a powerhouse in a minute. No, I thought <laughs> they overhyped themselves up by building that lacrosse stadium. I'm telling you, no, they got that. They, look, they tell you gonna tell me that lacrosse field or that stadium isn't one of the most beautiful fields ever? No, that's amazing. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying they overhyped themselves. They up. really did. Um, Big East is Georgetown, Denver, Villanova, Providence, Marquette, and St. John's. Villanova is a great school. I where love that it, Denver is is Big East when they're we're not even on the East Coast. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. Uh, yo, St. John's went zero and fourteen. That's oh, you know somebody got fired. That's tough. Your program going zero and fourteen. from St. John's now. Uh, oh, Colonial, Colonial Athletic is Delaware, Stony Brook, Drexel, 
Towson, Fairfield, Hofstra, Monmouth, and Hampton, who also went 0-12. But Hampton's a bit newer of a uh, program. They, uh, one yeah. of my one of my boy my boy Kendall he was he was part of the inaugural the inaugural uh, team at uh, Hampton. You know we love when we love when uh, more Black history happens in this game. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, shout out Jim Brown, rest in peace. Yeah, that's nuts. <laughs> when I found that out too, like I remember, I think I found out like two weeks before he like passed away that he used to play lacrosse I and mean, he used to be like amazing at it. One of the greatest. Yeah. You know who else played? Bill Belichick. Yeah. I recall his, that too. It's his favorite sport. Hey, listen, I'm telling you, hey, Paul Rabel, Mike Rabel, if either of y'all hear this. When Bill Belichick retires, you gotta bring him in. When he retires from coaching in the NFL, you gotta bring him into the PLL. You gotta do make it. him part owner. Ah, oh, you don't gotta do all that, but you gotta give him as a coach. <laughs> a coach is crazy. Coach is crazy. I'm saying, get him as part owner. Listen, him be—he'd be one of the best coaches ever. This is his favorite sport. He knows that. We get know Julian that. Edelman the stick. <laughs> get Wes Welker. Get, get Danny Woodhead. Oh, they, yes. Get Wells Walker, what are, what are they doing? Come on. Get Randy Moss as a coach. I, I'm here for it. <laughs> Ivy kidding. League. Ivy League uh, is Princeton, Cornell, Pennsylvania, Yale, Brown, Harvard, and Dartmouth. Where's my Harvard shirt? It's in the, it's in the closet somewhere. <laughs> I got a Harvard shirt looking like I go to Harvard. Um, yeah, not me. <laughs> then, then the MAAC, which I've never known what that stands for. Um and- I don't know what that stands for. There's two A's, MAAC. Uh, and then that one's Marist, Manhattan, Mount St. Mary's, Quinnipiac, Sacred Heart, Long Island, BMI, Wagner, and Caseus, which is shout out to Landon. Uh, we hope you make the difference for that team and we get to see you in the uh, postseason. I love you, number four. Yep, yep. All day. So, yeah, some of these teams, with all these conferences, it makes sense why some of these teams were matched up against stronger opponents. MAAC Marist... means Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference. Okay. So, yeah, Marist won that, and then uh, Delaware won theirs. So, that's why Delaware and Marist went at it. And then um, Bryant won theirs. So, that makes sense. A lot of these make sense now. Um, and then the Patriot one is – Army, Boston, Lehigh, Loyola, Navy, Lafayette, Bucknell, Colgate, and Holy Cross. Uh, Loyola's only Loyola finished fourth in their conference, nine and nine and eight. They were only behind, uh, so they, they were nine and eight. Lehigh was ten and five. Boston was ten and four. Army was thirteen and four. So you know, not mm. a bad, not a bad list of conferences, and you know, with the conference championships. Coming back for the uh, the ACC, man, that conference, that tournament is about to is about to get real crazy. I believe so because you gotta win, you gotta win the whole thing to get that that AQ. Otherwise, whew, you're on the outside looking in. But uh, NCAA should definitely add like a couple of expanded pigtail games. Just saying, I agree. Let's get this money. Let's get let's get this money. Um, so. Definitely gonna go go to uh, try my best to get these tickets for the uh, sixes, the uh, championship sixes series because I need that. I gotta be out there for that. I gotta be out there for the all access. I gotta get the all access passes too. Definitely Heck gotta yeah. be out there for that. Uh, 
February 14th to the 19th uh, in DC. Your boy will be out there. Um, and if I'm making a uh, prediction for the winner of the series, um, I say this with full bias. Do not care. Archers. Archers for the win. Oh. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. First of all, I was throwing up UVA because I thought you were talking about college. But for PLL, you have archers. It's, it's, it's the, so the series is what? It's it's archers, water dogs, cannons, and uh, I think what? Redwoods? Yeah, it's archers, cannons, water dogs, redwoods. That's the that's the four. But you know, you know what makes it interesting with the redwoods being in there. Hmm. They have one person on their squad who absolutely cooked in the sixes last year. Romar Dennis. Oh my gosh, yes. I forgot he was in the sixes. They got Romar Dennis. Romar is so hard. He's so cool. they got they got Romar, so that might be the difference maker, but I'm just saying archers get the dub. <laughs> archers win. <laughs> Cause looking at it, as good as the as good of the lineup as the water dogs have. I don't think they've because like there's no long poles here, so it's just shorties. I don't think their defensive their defensive middies are gonna be as uh, are gonna be as matched up well with a lot of those other teams. Not saying they can't win a game, but if I'm if I'm taking archers six v six against the water dogs, I'm taking archers all day. If it's if it's archers and redwoods matched up six v six, that's a, that's a toss up. That's gonna come. That's gonna depend about who shows up that day. That's what it's gonna happen. And then if it's if it's archers versus cannons, uh, the shorties. The only shorty I would be worried about on that on that cannon squad is Matt Cavanaugh and Asher Nolting, because Asher's a big dude. Uh, pause. But Asher's a big dude. But um. Everybody else, I, I, I'm taking like, like who's about to stop? Who's about to stop Mike Sis on the on on that on that faceoff stripe? Who's about to stop him? No one. Me. And his defense has gotten better. Um, anybody from a defensive standpoint that I would be concerned about in that sixes is on a team that like isn't in. Like the chaos aren't in, so I ain't worried. The Atlas aren't in, so I ain't worried. The the Chrome aren't in, so I ain't worried. Because they were the champs last time. Mm-hmm. Ain't worried. Uh, but literally it's it yeah, it's it's water dogs, it's the archers, it's the redwoods, and uh it's the cannons. That's gonna be that's gonna be what happens. Hold on, let me see what this thing's talking about real quick. Let me see what these what these teams looking like. Let me make sure I'm correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's Utah, Philly, Boston, California. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Archers win that. That's done. That's good. That's game time. <laughs> Got an Archers Redwood Championship final though. Got that. Yeah. I don't think I don't think Boston's making it to the final. They're, I just don't think their 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 team is going to match up as well as it is with the with the Archers. But I'd be crazy to not take the. Uh, the champs. I don't know, man. We'll see. 
We'll see. Let's go. Oh, oh, wait. Reserve is sweet. Okay, that's crazy. I'm not doing all that. <laughs> that's that's crazy. I ain't doing all that though. Uh, but let's let's see. Let's see what they got. I can't wait. They're they're supposed to. Oh, let me let me click on this real quick. Let me see what the rot. We'll go over the roster real quick for this series, the Sixes series, and then we'll get to ready to get up on out of here. I got to work in the morning. <laughs> but they got, let's see, here's their here's their roster predictions. For the Water Dogs, they got Michael Sowers, Jake Carraway, yeah. Ryan Conrad, Jeff Connor, Mike Schlosser, if healthy, Kyle Borda, Christian Scarparello, wow. Matt Witcher, Charlie Hayes, Jake Higgins. And then goalies, they got Matt DeLuca. Like, uh, nah, I'm cool. I'm cool on that. Oh, yeah, the Whipsnakes ain't in either. So I ain't worried. And then for the Redwoods, they got um, Romar, Nakai, Brian Tevlin, uh, Perk, Ryder Garnsey, Jules Henningberg, Jack Kelly, Tim Troutner. Um, That's that's their predictions. And then uh, their likelies, which are the other ones they said were locks. The probables, uh, Pinnell, Garrett Eppel, Mm -hmm. Arden Cohen, Chris Merrill, Kevin Rogers and Anthony DeMeo. Um, and then goalie Jack Kelly. Uh, Jack. Yeah, Jack Kelly is actually – he's pretty good. He's solid. I like him. Jack Kelly came actually back from good. tearing his ACL. He's, he's a good dude. Um, and then for the Archers, they got – their prediction is Grant Amon. Uh, shout out to Grant. Um, his aunt is a wonderful person. His family's wonderful. I got to meet them when they were out here in uh, Denver a year or so ago. Wonderful family. And then um, uh, Matt Moore. They also got they got Ryan Ryan Ambler, Ryan 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 Agavin, which isn't a bad choice at all. Connor D Simone. Um, and then uh, they got Connor Mayer, Piper Bond, Jared Connors, John Robbins. And then uh, Nick, they got Nick Washuda as a prediction. I, uh, I'm surprised they don't think, they don't think, um, they don't think that uh, what's that that um, Dobbs not yeah. I'm surprised they don't think Dobbs will be the goalie. Surprised they don't think Dobber will be the goalie. That's crazy. That's crazy. How could they think that? I'm picking. I'm, I'm picking Brett Dobson as my goalie in the in the series. What are you nuts? But those are the three they have predictions where they don't have one for the the cannons, which I guess is kind of kind of scary. Because a little uh, bit, you know. Well, no, because you know. I mean, if we're talking the cannons, who they're probably going to bring out? You, I can't imagine you don't bring Asher out, like. I just can't imagine you don't put Asher on that squad. You don't put – you got to put Asher Nolting out there. You got to put Matt Cavanaugh. You got to put Marcus Holman out there. Um, like you got to put your stud attackman out there. Um, Kirst has to be your goalie. And then now that he's got his brother, you got to put his brother out there. Like there, there's they, – they got a squad. They can pick some people. But once again, Archer's taking the dub. Bow up. Um, <laughs> well, who's your who's who's who'd be your pick? You already know who my pick is gonna be. My boy. Everybody said, said the water dogs. 
All the way, baby. He turned his room the color purple just so he could say. No, it stayed purple. It stayed uh, purple. I was about to say. He said he you turned purple. Know. We left with the water dogs. So purple we, rain. We, you know what? I'll do it for you. I'll do it for you for the outro, so everyone knows who I'm rooting for. Yo, if they win, if they win, they're gonna play purple rain at the end. Oh, I'm so done. He changed the lights. <laughs> You already know. Go water dogs. That's crazy. Go water oh. dogs. Yo, all right, folks. We got we got to get up out of here. It's been a wonderful episode of the Draylax Podcast. Um, Blake, real quick, tell the people where they can find you at. Ooh, on Instagram, it's I am Blake Brenlinger. Um, it's a very hard last name to type out, but we'll you'll put find it in me. the we'll put it in the 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 notes on this episode for sure. Um, but yeah, guys, we, we rolling up out of here. It's getting, it's getting crazy. You know, this has been another fun, fantastic episode of the Draylax podcast hosted by the culturally diverse brand multimedia network, where you can catch the Sucio boys podcast, the Sucio sports podcast, the aim high podcast, the Shogun soccer sit down podcast. A Different Angle, hosted by Kyle and Rod Banks. Four Corners of Commentary, the CDB Podcast. I'm Dre. This is Blake. We're getting up out the way. It's been a fun time. Uh, I will catch y'all for the next week's episode. Yeet, yeet, skirt, yeet, yeet, skirt, 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 roll up, yeet, drop that, yeet, skirt that, yeet, pop that, yeet, hey, hey.